Welcome to Social PR Secrets, the podcast. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Cole Lejeunois. Cole owns an agency called Planet Convert, and I first met him or found out about him when he was a guest on the reality docuseries Pay the Invoice, produced by Kat Howell. I loved watching Cole go through his experience on Pay the Invoice docuseries, where he learned so much about agency life, processes, and procedures, in addition to funnels and Facebook advertising. In this episode, we learn how Cole got started, where he is today with his agency, and some tips on entrepreneurship as well as Facebook marketing and more. Enjoy the episode and namaste. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I am here today with Cole. Hey, Cole, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So um, this is how I discovered Cole. It's really cool. Um, he was on a docu-series called Pay the Invoice that was produced by Cat Howell and Digital Distillery. And I helped do some of the PR behind it. And then Cole reached out to me on something separate. I'm like, wait a second. I know you from that docu-series. <laughs> so Cole, tell us a little bit about your background. And then if you could talk a little about how you got involved with that docu-series and what it was like. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. So I, um, I don't know how far back you want me to go. Like if you want to talk about how I got into entrepreneurship or just yeah. digital agency. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear yeah. That. So I, yeah, when, when I was, um, uh, believe it or not, when I was like 17, I got, um, exposed to entrepreneurship. Uh, I remember the first time, like I found out when I was 17, I found out what an entrepreneur was by the definition in class. Like I, I had no like exposure to it. And, uh, I, I got exposed around that time into uh, multi-level marketing not, I don't know if you want to call that entrepreneurship, but, but in, in that realm and, and I failed with that, <laughs> but I, I, what I learned from that is that I didn't want to go the typical route. I, I, I knew that I didn't want to go to college and I, I really just, I wanted to do something different. And um, yeah. And then, and then fast forward, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, I was uh, working a bunch of random jobs and then I got my personal training certification because I had worked in a gym and I really loved that environment. And I had a mentor actually, because it's one another benefit that I got of you know being exposed to entrepreneurship early on. Everyone was telling me to find mentors, and I had a mentor, um, a specific conversation, and he told me essentially um, we were establishing a goal, and it was 20 months until I was 20 years old. So we were like, let's let's establish a goal for this. And I was literally at the time I was working at Five Guys, if you know the, the yeah yeah place, um, wanting to get my personal training certification, and. Uh, I don't even think I had signed up for my PT cert at that time, like the course. And I essentially, um, uh, essentially what we got down to is the goal was to open a gym. And here in my mind, I was like, that's insane. Like, I don't have any capital, like opening a gym. I've never actually opened a business. That's nuts in 20 months. And he was like, you're going to do it. <laughs> like, he was just one of those entrepreneurs. And I was like, okay. And then um, I finished that call and I actually talked to my brother. Um, I lived with my brother at that time. And um, uh, I told him about it. And he was like, let's do it. Just like kind of that mentality. He's fresh out of the Marines. So he had that like real go-getter mentality. And we actually made like a list of potential investors. And um, uh, 
our dad used to be a bodybuilder. So top of list, we put our dad. And at first he was like, hell no. And then a few weeks later, he actually said, yes. He was like, okay, let's do this. Um, so the whole idea was essentially for me to run the personal training department, my brother to run the operations, memberships, all of that. And, uh, and my dad to invest in, and be able to kind of be a, a silent partner in that. And yeah, so we did that. And ironically, we accomplished that about three weeks before I turned 20. So I didn't even realize till like I was 21, but I was like, oh, I hit that goal. Like that's insane. Cause it took forever to actually get the gym open. Like there were so many things um, stopping that, but um, yeah. And then uh, fast forward like a, a year of actually, you know, managing a personal training department, having a few trainers. I really loved what I did. It was very like rewarding to be a personal trainer, but I, I did a, a, a trip to Thailand for a cycling festival. And I essentially, met a bunch of digital nomads if you know that term yes let's share it just in case our audience doesn't know yeah so so digital nomads just people working online that typically working from a laptop that are traveling the world um, finding various ways all kinds of creative ways and i and i ran into hundreds of people like that um at the cycling festival that were like i'm doing you know writing content ads like whatever it was just a million different things they were doing to work online and i was so intrigued and i was like wow, like I love training, but I'm stuck in the gym every day. So I really want to, and this time I was like, I want to do that. Like I just, I want to do that. And, uh, and so I, I essentially just made up my mind. Like I was going to leave the gym. I was going to leave my ownership in the gym. Um, when everyone was telling me like terrible idea, like you're, you're off to a good start, you know, at 20 years old, 21 years old. And, uh, and I began applying to stuff and um, like apprenticeship, apprenticeships, because I was a noob with marketing and eventually one stuck. And he just said, hey, you, you have to move to Vietnam. Um, and uh, I basically, he interviewed me twice and said, like, if you're willing to move to Vietnam, sure. And I was like, done. <laughs> I just took that <laughs> leap of faith. Um, and uh, I'm so glad I did because I, I worked for him for about a year. And then I freelanced for, uh, f- worked for him doing Facebook ads. And then I freelanced Facebook ads for a year, year and a half or so. And then and I started my own business, Planet Convert. And um yeah, and, and I kind of got wrapped up in the whole like Facebook ad community. Um, uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just engaging in one in Cat Howell's community when it was a really small community at that point. Facebook ad hacks the group. And uh, I think it was like less than 10,000 people at that time. I was just engaging a lot. And then she asked if I want to be a moderator in there. So then I was a moderator in there, in there for like a year. Or so. huge. Yeah, was, yeah, it's a, a huge group now. It's like... Yeah. It's it's the it's essentially the biggest um, um, community for Facebook yeah. advertisers on the planet right now. It's got like 140,000 people, hundreds of posts a day. I think it's it's it's, it's madness. Yeah. A lot yeah. of posts. Yeah. Um, so it's called Facebook and, uh, Ad Hacks. Facebook Ad Hacks, and it is the largest Facebook marketing group on the planet right now, and very very informative. So I highly recommend if you're if you're into Facebook marketing, definitely join that group. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great group. That's I, I tell people the same. I'm like, if you want to learn Facebook, uh, Facebook ads, like get in all the groups. There's so much value in there. Super powerful. Um, yeah. So then I, um, I don't. Uh, I guess about a a year into being, you know, a moderator, um, the opportunity for the invoice, uh, pay the invoice, you know, docu series popped up, and that was super like sporadic. So <laughs> she had essentially chosen like six people. Like it started off with one, then she expanded it and chose like six, and then it was. Um, she had alerted them like like three months before or something and then like I don't know it was like a week before it was starting I was in Vietnam and um, 
Kat messaged me and I had a flight back to the US in like two days and Kat messaged me asking if I wanted to come to New Zealand for the docuseries and I was like done <laughs> canceled flight buy a new flight yeah <laughs> so for back, those I, 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 mm-hmm. for those for those that might not have seen it or heard of it so it's basically on the premise of, it's similar to like the apprentice where you you know go into like almost like a reality series with docuseries and you go in and you're kind of tasked with all these you know different you're taught a lot but then you're also have to do these projects so follows six six freelancers and agency owners over a you know two month span right right yeah yeah, yeah I, I think it was seven if you count me <laughs> yeah yeah okay, seven. yeah um yeah yeah it was a, it was a crazy experience because like, like you said there were so many tasks to do on a on a daily basis and so much coaching and 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 uh and alongside that, we're all managing our, our own businesses, you know, at different stages and our own clients and things like that. And uh, it, it was a it was a lot like I was time tracking actually during that time. And I was working about about 12. Hours. What I mean by time tracking is like if I'm working, the clock's on. If I'm if I go get a drink, the clock's off like tight time tracking. I was working about 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week when I was there. So for the whole three months. So it was quite a it was quite a lot to do um, to, a lot of like early, early mornings or, or late nights, but overall such a crazy good experience to be fully immersed. Um, what were some of, around. what were some of like the best things that you learned from that experience working together in that type of atmosphere? I would say, so that atmosphere was, was crazy. It's actually like, I, I've thought about that a lot recently because this is over a year ago now. I, I I've, I've always kind of been in the belief of like, oh, I'm not going to have an office. Like I, I want everything remote. But even looking back, I'm like, I got so much growth out of being in that environment. An office environment, if done right, can be super rewarding and super powerful and uplifting and motivating. Um, so I think that that was a big realization. But overall, the biggest thing that I learned was in a business, you have to have like streamlined processes everything has to be super well fired step by step by step by step. And the truth is that most small businesses when starting out, they don't have that. They might have like a, you know, an idea of like how things flow, but it's not like they have a document that's like perfectly like when this happens, this happens, this person's alerted, these three automated tasks happen, like this email sent like perfectly streamlined and establishing that in a business brings so much value. It saves so much time. It removes so much friction. That's so important. So you learned those processes or you just learned the importance of, of the processes? I learned, I learned those processes specifically for a, a Facebook ad agency. I mean, Kat was so crazy. Uh, what's the word? Generous mm-hmm. with that. Like it was, I remember multiple, like week after week, multiple days, she would pull up the whiteboard and, and essentially be putting her processes for her eight figure business just like this is what we do like can we find a better way to do this like what do y'all think of this like and just discussing it for like four hours in front of a whiteboard like quite a few times we did that with processes and that was super super powerful so i I learned strictly for face facebook ad agency all the processes processes to have it run smooth i've said that word quite a few times now i'm like slipping on it it, no it's it's an important word and i i do agree that you know, a lot of agencies, just even businesses, small businesses are lacking in the processes. I mean, we're, we struggle every day trying to make things better and trying to make things a process. And it's hard. Everybody kind of like ends up wanting to do their own way of it, way of doing things. And then 
when you put those together, it does cause friction. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So the docu-series aired, you came back, what happened? Did it change your life? Did what happened? What was the shift that happened when you came back? You know, it's it's interesting because I don't think many people or anyone's ever asked me that question super directly. Um, Honestly, I feel like, and I I, I talked to everyone else that was um, immersed in that and had that same experience that I was with then. There was almost like a a come down, for lack of better words, after it. Like it was like such a, um, those entire three months, like work, 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 constantly focused, like on beat the entire three months, super interactive and motivating and talking about goals and dreams and, and, and aspirations constantly all day long. And then I went back and then it just wasn't like that. It just like immediate, like abrupt change in the pace. So for me, there was almost like this period of time where I was like, wow, what's, this is just weird. Like, I wish I could go back there right now. Like, I, I don't know. So it was like, I had to like get in my own noose, my own new norm by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds so was, me of, I don't know if this is what it's like, cause I've never been on a movie set, but when I, work with different clients on different projects and we're all working together for you know two or three months and then the project ends and then you just kind of like take it for granted that you know you're it'll always be like that with those people but then you all go on to your next project and then you're like oh my god you know you probably can't ever recreate like going to that bar for happy hour or doing that you guys did a hike you know it's kind of like the friends on the set of friends you know like how they did yeah. friends forever and then you know they all do their own thing and now it's just like wow like you know you're just yeah. watching watching your docuseries like oh <laughs> yeah yeah that's such a good point uh, I, I mean like you said there were tons of like situations where we did things together that just built those relationships like <laughs> everything from like um uh, what is it called jet skiing which was madness because they were like racing around um but um to, to overnight hikes like or hike like and then yeah going out to to grab a drink a couple nights a week or whatever and just talk business and and, and aspirations and all of that it's just it's such a interesting dynamic and just being completely separated from that you're absolutely right i mean and then and then we tried to have like catch-up calls and everyone i mean we all came from mostly different countries. So it was like so hard to arrange those. And um, I still to this day try to catch up with them as much as I can, but it's a, such a, uh, it's a difficult thing to do. And it's, it's not the same. You're absolutely right. It's, it's totally you, guys, different you, you need to have like a reunion part two. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Yeah. Well, one thing that we, we kept joking about near, near the end of it, we were, we were telling uh, Kat if she did a round two um, that we, we all were like, we would love to go there and, and be like, maybe for a week or something, be like, not mentors, but like, I guess guides to the people that, that were going through that. And oh, like, yeah. Listen, we went through the same experience. Yeah. This is what we recommend. This is what we went through and we believe you should be focused on because there were so many things during that whole experience that I, I like in hindsight, I was like, oh man, like, like one thing is I, I, right when we went into it, I had like no systems in place and it was like, it, my business was like, I was having to do every single tiny little thing. And in hindsight, like, I, I knew there was value in hiring and getting help right then, but I didn't because of profit margins. And I was like, I'm going to just do this both at the same time. But even just hiring one person to help with, uh, with specific tasks that were taking up a lot of time at that time would have given me so much value because there were a lot of things that I had to like 
almost neglect in the whole experience because I had to, you know, go work on client work or whatever it was. So, yeah. Yeah. So where are you today? What's happening in your agency and what are you working on? That's exciting that you can share with us. Yeah. So during this whole, like, uh, during the whole like docu-series, I was, I was really trying to work with fit pros. And then from there, it went like a couple different routes. Now um, I have a small team and we, uh, we primarily work with e-commerce companies. I will admit it was kind of thrown on its head during the whole COVID thing. Um, I had actually conjured up a couple, uh, quite a few uh, local business clients. And right when COVID hit, it was like all paused or canceled. So, and yeah. a couple of clients even had to close their doors. So it's terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's been an interesting year i'm sure for you as well for every business it's been yeah. it's been very strange to uh, to get used to everything um but yeah things are things are going really well this has been in, in terms of what we still have um a couple of our clients were we're getting really ridiculous results for like um even a client in the supplement space and then um a local isp just getting a crazy results for and it's it's really nice to see that in such an uncertain time it's other clients a baby product sells out of target and here i like i thought it wouldn't work that well but it's people are still buying like crazy out of target which is is nuts to me um yeah so it's just uh it's been really interesting so what are some tips that you can give to let's just say you know if it's a brand or somebody just getting started on facebook with um with advertising you know the algorithm is constantly changing. So what should, what's, what's working right now that is just like a definite yes? That's a really good question. So I'm, I'm a really big believer in identifying, and I know this might sound cliche to a lot of people, depending on like what courses they've been through, but I'm a really big believer in establishing the persona and the messaging that matches that persona as fast as possible. And I've audited hundreds of ad accounts and that is the primary issue that I see. I'll, I'll, I'll look into ad accounts and I'll see targeting that does not match the copy. And what I mean by that is let's say it's a supplement and they specifically call out that it's plant-based or vegan or whatever in the ad copy. And then they don't target vegan or plant-based and then vice versa. And I, I really believe in, uh, in going deep with all the interests, the demographics and the behaviors of who you're trying to target and, and way deeper than just what Facebook offers, like really understanding um, things like uh, what, what authorities do they follow? What magazines, what, like what media do they follow? What, what influencers in their space, um, what YouTube channels just really identify like who they're watching, why they're watching them. Um, as well as once that's found out, uh, I, I also like to, I like to leverage reviews a ton in ad copy. I'm noticing that work more and more. And one of the ways that, that we, well, not that, one of the ways that we form later ad copy is by looking at the reviews of competitors. So uh, a lot of times in your own reviews, your own clients reviews, you can grab amazing uh, like phrases and, and messaging from there but even more so i'll look into competitors and i'll identify specific pain points because people they leave especially the long form reviews but they'll, they'll specifically mention whatever product it is it literally doesn't matter if it's a course or if it's a supplement or it's a, it could be it, it could be this bottle mm -hmm. and i guarantee if you go on the reviews on this bottle there's going to be something about 
honestly, it'll probably say something about how this thing is annoying <laughs> and then the handle's really good or something like that. And there'll be a specific way that people are phrasing this. And I like to strip those out of the reviews and literally fill them into the copy. And it works like a charm in every niche. And I love doing that. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's awesome. And I agree the whole persona um, aspect, we go in and we audit clients all the time, not from a Facebook advertising standpoint, but just from a social PR public relations standpoint. And the largest companies to the smallest companies, doesn't matter, they don't have their personas in place. Very, very few companies do. It's getting better for sure, because it just, it's like, you know, it's just like one of those things that it's a checkbox now that you have to have. Otherwise you're just, you're, you're going in blind, but, but yeah, we find the same thing when it comes to public relations and speaking of public relations. So, you know, we were chatting earlier with, you know, a potential um, public relations client and, you know, you're handling their social advertising. So we're, it's exciting to work with um, professionals that, kind of see both sides of it that, you know, it's not just, Oh, just do Facebook advertising that they see how public relations can influence um, influence when you're doing Facebook advertising. So talk to us about that. Where, how do you see PR helping in that? That's, that's a really good point. So that's, that's one thing that I, if I audit a client's account or a potential client, then we onboard them. It's one of the first things that I look for is I really want to make sure that if someone goes to their, landing page. And this goes into what I was saying about the persona before. So let's say, I don't know, you can name any product, but whatever product it is, people that are going to be interested in that product are typically following specific news media channels. They're following them, different art, uh, blog articles, different blogs, uh, different things like that. They're going to be keeping up with them. And I, it, one of the most powerful things to do is to leverage those by getting by using PR and getting on those. So to explain this in shorter terms, (laughs) if you go to a sales page for a potential client and you see that they have um, every single media outlet or blog or whatever authority or influencer, you know, featured in or, you know, brands we've worked with or whatever it is, and they recognize those names, there's so much power in that. Does that make sense? I explained that a little wacky, but yeah, definitely. um, It's, it's super important that whatever persona you're sending to that sales page or even that you know, landing page, um, that they recognize a few uh, authority signals or a few different influencers, media channels, brands, uh, just like you would have on the checkout page, you would have, you know, like, I don't know if it's a supplement, it might be gold standard certified or things like that, that just make people that are actually interested in that. Like if you're interested in protein, you probably know what the gold standard is and how that's important. So if you're on a checkout page and you see that certification, that means something to you. Just the same as if you're on a sales page for, uh, I don't know, if if you're on a sales page for this this product, whatever it is, DJI or whatever, they sell out of the Apple store. So on their sales page, I guarantee they have a symbol that says partner, Apple partner. And that means something because people are interested in this technology are also, they also see Apple as an authority. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I see that as a miss too. I mean, we'll get clients like tons of media coverage, but it's not always showcased in prominent places, even on an obvious place. Like, you know, one of our checkboxes when we do an audit is, do you have a newsroom? Does the brand have a newsroom where it houses all media coverage, press releases, public relations, uh, you know, maybe articles, videos, whatever. And, you know, typically like it's not even there. It's just, you know, it's kind of like one of those misses. And then 
optimization and you know i'm sure you go through the whole optimization checklist for your facebook ads like are these ads optimized and optimization in across every part of digital marketing is so critical if you're not focusing on always optimizing you know yeah. what, what was working last week it might not be working this week because you didn't optimize absolutely yeah I, th I think there's also a lot of power in just to ex expand on that, i think there's a lot of power in leveraging that clout that you get from um, being featured in those different channels on your facebook ads so again just use the same example as soon as they became a partner with apple and began selling out of apple stores i guarantee they advertised the hell out of it and they were constantly Facebook, Google, whatever ads they were doing, they're promoting that they were now one of those partners. And that is super, super powerful. Not to just have it on your website, but to get that PR out there because PR is super powerful. Yes, definitely. And so what sources do you use to stay in the know on what's happening in Facebook? So, you know, that we mentioned the Facebook ad hacks, Facebook groups are a great, um, great way to stay informed. What other, what, how do you know what's happening and what sources can you recommend? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually a really good question. So honestly, I would probably say that the best way that I stay in the know is, is either, uh, it's just the social circles I've built up. If something crazy happens, I know about it right away because either someone on my team or a friend or, or, you know, someone will be like, Oh, did you hear like recently CBO was removed from being mandated? Yeah. And if you're familiar with that, um, Facebook removed that. And I heard about it right away because I got like messages about it. People are like, oh, did you hear about that? That's exciting. And uh, that's one of the ways. Also, the Facebook groups. I mean, I mean I'm probably in every Facebook group that has over 2,500 uh, people in it that's, that's related to Facebook ads. Um, and people post that stuff really quick. So uh, I like to scan through there and, and see what's getting engagement, what's getting attention. And, and it, it's almost always keeps you right up to date. I also get emails from Facebook. So I obviously keep up on their notifications with what's changing. And sometimes I like to, because uh, I, I like to get on the phone with Facebook, Facebook support quite often. It's kind of a controversial thing in the Facebook space. Like a lot of people are like, oh, their support sucks. But I always want to know what Facebook's thinking. Even if it's like a you know, a lower employee that doesn't necessarily know higher level strategies. I still want to know their perspective and where they're leaning. You can gain a lot of insight from that. And I like to ask them as well, like if there's any big updates happening or what's changing. Um, so just kind of leveraging that if you, you happen to be on the phone with them. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's changed over the years. I mean, there is a point, I don't know if it's still is like where you could actually chat with them right away, or you can, you know, kind of develop an email relationship with somebody that, you know, if you're assigned yeah. to a rep representative. Um, so I, I was actually going to ask that question. So your opinion on um, maybe some ex Facebook marketers coming out and, you know, running their agencies or running, you know, freelancing versus yeah. somebody that has been not in the inside of Facebook, but like, you know, knows the system like through, kind of, I don't want to say hacking. User experience. Yeah. Through, yeah. through their own right, experience right, right. because Facebook is going to teach Facebook, you know, employees what Facebook wants them to teach other people, not necessarily what is, do you know what I mean? Like True. how to, how to make something work. Yeah. that was kind of like beating the system. So what do you think about that? Do, do face ex -face right. Facebookers know really how to get in and out of things? Like Maybe that's, a, that's, that's a really good question. I, I have noticed that it's, it's so intriguing to me to see how different people, um, where they come from. Like, for example, I have a, a good friend who worked with Ad Espresso and their way of doing ads is completely different from like Cat Howell community 
yeah. you know, strategy and way. Completely different. Same yeah. with ex-Facebook employees. The way they do it, it's a completely different system. I think there's a lot of value in, in learning as much about each of them as you can, finding what works best for you or even what's best for specific clients um, rather than being constrained to a specific way of doing things, unless it's working. If it's working, don't break it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I haven't had enough conversations with ex-Facebook employees that are running agencies, but if I had to guess, I would imagine a lot of them are probably not doing it as well as they could because if, if I had to guess, again, too constrained to their processes given by Facebook, it's similar to like Google, right? Like yeah. um, when it comes to SEO, Gray Hat SEO works really, really, really well, but Google hates it and they just want you to do white hat and no link building, um, which if you've done SEO or people that know stuff about SEO, sometimes that's, that's pretty crazy uh, restrictive. Right, right. Similar to Facebook in a way. Yeah, definitely, definitely similar. So um, what are some just like absolute no's that, are, that don't work anymore on Facebook and just are kind of overrated? Hmm. That's a really good question. I, I, I think one thing that I've, I've seen kind of falling away is uh, a lot of people will try to start um, their ads with a question. For example, are you sick and tired of pain point? And I think that'd be, while it's good and it can still work really, really well, I think it got overused because mm. um, I've seen it work less effectively across different accounts. So I think starting off with a pain point question isn't as powerful as it used to be. Uh, I think it's also, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer in using emojis to me bring too. context. Yeah. Um, I, th I think they, yeah, they really help provide context, but I also see a lot of people either use the wrong emojis that just don't make sense and don't provide context or they use too many. It's like, why would you put the same emoji four times? So, I mean, that's super, super small, minuscule things. Um, in terms of like what's not working high level, I would, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I would say that one thing I'm, I don't believe in running traffic ads very much at all, um, specifically on the campaign level optimizing for traffic. I just find that the Facebook algorithm is becoming super, so advanced. They have a whole data log of every Facebook profile and all the standard events they've fired, right? So even anyone listening to this, your specific Facebook profile, they have a whole backlog of every Facebook standard event you've fired on every website. And they know what types of people are going to fire different standard events. So mm -hmm. I noticed that when people optimize for traffic, they get clickers. They get people that are just going to load the page. They just mm -hmm. get clickers. When, mm -hmm. they, when they optimize for video views, you're going to get video viewers. Um, so I, I'm, I'm noticing it becoming more powerful to optimize for purchases, even closer to top of funnel. Um, and one example of this is on, yeah. a, on, a, a, client, on a client's account. Um, I did a test like two weeks ago. And uh, we were getting like 51 cents cost per lead for a uh, quiz. Crazy cost per lead because they're actually turning into an ROI and, and like th over 300 leads a day. So really crazy results there. But I thought that maybe there might be potential for improving the results by changing away from lead optimization. So even though the standard event firing post, you know, quiz opt-in is lead, I tested you know, split tested two ad sets um, and, and now I've expanded across and it worked really well, but I tested two ad sets, one lead optimization and one purchase optimization. Keep in mind, they don't fire purchase until way after. Like it doesn't, in, in, in the standard way of doing Facebook ads, that doesn't make any sense. 
Um, but I wanted Facebook to deliver these ads to people who have a history of buying, not just becoming leads. And it got like a, like the first test got like a 22 times ROAS. It was just wow. insane. Um, and, and I attribute it because Facebook, again, is going to send traffic to this quiz that are more likely to buy. So they're people that are going to become a lead and then do their, uh, take that extra few steps to find out about the product because they're buyers. Um, so I think there's a, I, I think it's becoming more and more apparent that the algorithm really knows what it's doing. Um, and it's one thing I like to say to people is 20% or Facebook ads is 20%, um, what you're doing, your optimization, your skill, 80% letting Facebook do its job. Mm -hmm. And it, there's so many people that try to trample over what Facebook's doing, whether that's micromanaging or changing, uh, you know, that budget optimization or whatever that is uh, more often than they should. Um, people have to learn to let Facebook ride it out and, and, and allow data to collect, even though it's, it's rough sometimes to see it go negative. You have to give Facebook the time to provide data, but uh, I, I do believe that the Facebook algorithm as a whole for optimization is becoming super, super good. Um, even the conversion window, like the standard conversion window is seven day click, one day view. Um, I'm noticing huge results on all kinds of accounts changing that to one day click, one day view. Such a small, subtle change, but it's just telling Facebook to show this to people that are more likely to fire this event in a shorter time frame. And I've done that test before, like a year, a half, year and a half, two years ago didn't work this well. So I just think the algorithm is becoming really, really intelligent. Okay. I want to repeat back what I heard to see if like, in my own world, I'm going to repeat back what I think I heard. If, so, okay. Um, okay. So I have a client and we create this um, awesome top of funnel piece of content for their blog, long, long form content that is, um, did really well organically. And we think, okay, we want to, create a Facebook ad to drive traffic, mm -hmm. um, top of funnel type of traffic to that blog post. And then we can then, you know, take it down and then retarget it, you know, more for on the conversion side. So you're saying, is that, you're saying like maybe skip that step and go. I would say, I would say do that step. But first off, I always want to caution people, test everything, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just yeah. jump into something like test all phases. Yeah. Um, but I would say it will probably end up performing better if you optimize for a deeper, deeper funnel metric, because if you optimize for landing page views, even though you're sending people to a blog, if you want them to read it, optimize yeah. for something deeper. That might mean installing a, a custom conversion and, and, and optimizing for 20 second views. So only people that have stayed on the page and read for at least 20 seconds, so you're actually gonna read, get readers, not just clickers. Mm -hmm. Or that might mean, depending on what's next, right? Is there a call to action in the blog? If there is, um, maybe optimize for custom conversion for that button click. Or after that, if it's a product, try add a cart, initiate checkout, purchase, just try deeper funnel metrics to be able to tell Facebook to find people who are more likely to go further based on their yeah. history. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. Thank you. So what are some other just like business sources that you subscribe to or like podcasts that you would recommend? So podcasts, I, <laughs> I really don't listen to marketing podcasts very much. I, I always have tell to be marketing, I just in general. In general, I love Joe Rogan experience, if you know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, yeah and I listen to a, I'm a, I'm a big MMA fan, so I listen to a handful of MMA podcasts. But um, um, I, I know it might sound crazy, but I really do get a lot of my sources from Facebook groups, like what I pay attention to, because 
I mean, there's so much to look out, look at out there. And I feel like Facebook, if you're in the right Facebook groups, it kind of funnels it all in because people share everything. Now in some groups, it can get crazy. Um, like if the group's too big or too generalized, all kinds of things will get shared. But if you're in a specialized group, um, like in a, in a PR specific group, I guarantee, I guarantee a, a, uh, like, could you name a PR specific group? Yeah, uh, like PR Daily. Okay, so PR Daily, would you say that that's a good place to basically uh, keep track of what's happening in the world of PR? Or no? Here's the oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm not bashing PR Daily or PR or, uh, Facebook groups. The problem with public relations, my issue with public relations is that um, it's too generalized. They just stay in their, okay. in their lane. So my advice to PR professionals or really, you know, any marketing professional is to, you know, get out of your lane and learn things from different, mm. um, like different that. points of view. So I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. I'm also in a lot, a lot of digital marketing groups. I'm in only a couple PR groups because I, I just feel like they're not really, they're just, everyone's saying the same thing. And it's not like, there's not a, there's not a PR algorithm, you know, (laughs) there really isn't a PR algorithm like for Facebook, like you have to stay on top, on top of things. But if you're in PR, it's important for you to stay on top of the algorithms in all of the digital marketing um, ecosystems. Yeah. Yeah. I I will, I will add that one of the things that I, that I I pay attention to is each individual software as a service. I always read their blogs. I pay attention to everything they put out. So Guru, which is a funnel mind mapping software, Funnelytics, Drip, Clavio, mm-hmm. sometimes Infusionsoft, but I, I'm not in love with that. Uh, Mailchimp, uh, ManyChat, um, ZipWhip, all those softwares. I love checking what they have going on. And one of the main reasons is that it, not just to look at their product updates, but they really often will share case studies and examples of success and what other yeah. people are doing. ManyChat, for example, does that really often. And, uh, and I love that because there's so much value in understanding what's working for other people out there, um, especially when it's bundled into a case study and it's a three minute read. I think that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, so what books are you reading or any type of other sources, blogs, Instagram, favorite Instagram accounts? Um, yeah, so I, I, I used to read a lot. I did when I first got into marketing. And I also want to say that like when I, when I first got into marketing, I took every marketing course I could possibly find from all of Cat Howells um, to digital marketing's uh, digital marketer, if you know, digitalmarketer.com. Yeah, yeah. Their whole suite of, of, of uh, certifications. <laughs> the first like two months in marketing, I essentially spent half my time going through all of theirs. Um, so Zapier certified, ManyChat certified, like I took every certification I could find and, and I really believe in doing that. Um, it kind of goes back to the thing, like it's controversial to have like the Facebook blueprint certification. People will hate on it, mm-hmm. but I still want to know what Facebook believes is the best course of action. I want to know where their mind at, is at with things and what they believe is best for optimizing. Um, so I would tell people to like take as many courses as you can always yeah. be a student in that regard. As far as reading goes, I am one of those people that have like 20 books that I meant to read, but I never really did. Same, same. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I wish I would read more. I don't know why I don't, but um, I really like reading mindset books. Like um, I, I find that it really helps me get in the right frame of mind. Um, like a compound effect, if you know, it was one of the most um, 
one of the most powerful, fundamentally altering books I've ever read in my life. Really? I read it when I was like, yeah, I read it when I was like 17 and I was like, whoa, because I had not been taught anything. I, I wasn't exposed to anything like that. So it was just such a crazy thought to like, and obviously everyone knows like, um, consistency is important, but when you really break it down and, and if you've read the book, it, it, no, I it haven't. Really, I want to, Oh, you haven't. Yeah. No. It, it's super powerful. Like it just, it talks about, um, everything from like, um, uh, examples of like people weightlifting in the morning and how much, you know, muscle they're going to gain, weight they're going to lose to, um, the compound. It, it's a compound effect. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't sum it up in a few words, but mm-hmm. just consistency and how, big of an impact that can make over time, even if it feels like a small thing, um, whether that's like you walk, you're trying to lose weight and you walk a hundred meters uh, a day. And if you, let's say you're, you're morbidly obese and you're in a bad situation, you walk a hundred meters a day versus not walking hundred meters a day. And it will analyze like that difference over the course of three years. And it's crazy how big of a difference it makes. So I always try to remember that. And sometimes the things that I do will feel really small. Um, and, and I, I always try to remind myself like, this is for the bigger picture. This we're playing the long-term game here, not trying yeah. to get a result tomorrow. Yeah. And the people that play the long-term w- game win. Yeah, totally. So I love the compound effect. Yeah, I'm going to actually pick that up. And I think it sounds like a great book for my daughter who just graduated high school. And she's nice. starting college like next week. But, you know, it's just like at that age, like it's either you're going to, it could go one way, the compound effect, or, you know, you do the wrong thing again and again, and it's going to end up going the opposite direction. So I think that it's it's like, you know, very important for all ages. This is the book I'm reading right now. It's called Dix This Next. Oh, wow. I actually really like that cover. That is such a nice cover. It's by Mike Michalowicz. He's the one that wrote Profit First. Profit First. Okay. Awesome. I just read that too. I read that. That was my COVID reading and I completely (laughs) redid my agency structure based on profit first system. So I'm kind of obsessed with him right now. (laughs) But yeah, so well, thank you so much for sharing everything. Do you have any? um, Can you tell us if you're going to be coaching anywhere or speaking anywhere? Are you doing any webinars or where we can follow you to find out when you're going to be doing anything? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good question. So one of the things that I've been, uh, I mean, I don't know if if you want me to go on this, but one of the things that I've been trying to do with my business is make sure I'm doing more consulting. I, I, I truly like I'm, I'm really good at consulting and auditing, ad, uh, auditing ads accounts. And I want to continue to refine that skill and, and become world-class at that. So if anyone ever wants, you know, second pair of eyes and ad accounts or an audit or something like that, I'd love to talk about that. Um, I'm not doing any speaking events or at least I don't have anything booked, but I'd really love to, uh, if, if anyone has any events, webinars, I guess, because no one's doing in-person events. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about that. But yeah, my website is planetconvert.com. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me or add me on Facebook, Cole Lajeunesse. That's a strange okay. spelling, but. <laughs> okay, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Okay. And then I'm also going to embed the um, the episodes of Pay the Invoice so they could see you in your starring role. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching back sometimes, I, like I'll watch those. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <I'm Yeah. cringy. laughs> no, I, I mean everybody hates like hearing themselves or watching themselves or anything like that. So I'm just like normal, but it was really, it was very fun to watch everything. So um, definitely we'll check it out and we'll check back with you. Thank you so much for being the guest on social PR secrets. Thank you very much for having me on.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free. Thank you.